The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown! 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 Georgia! Now, here are your host, two-time All-American punter, Drew Butler. Drew Butler, leader in the country in punts 49-plus. See if he booms this one. He does. Wow! And Rose Bowl, Sugar Bowl, and SEC championship winning quarterback, Jake Fromm. Clean flicker to get the night started. Downfield looking for Godwin. Into his hands. And guess which dogs are barking first? Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Dogs are winners. A national championship for a new generation of Bulldogs. Victory is mine, yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame, waiting for your next mistake. I put in work and watch my status escalate. The cornballs get stolen. Welcome in to the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined alongside a very special co-host on this Monday episode of Punt and Pass, my dad, Kevin Butler. That's right, college football Hall of Famer, Chicago Bears legend, Super Bowl champion, Dad, I think this is your first time ever on Punt and Pass. Is that correct? That is correct. It's the first time. I'm. Uh, I guess I'm. Uh, you went to the bullpen tonight and I have to pull out somebody. Yeah, I asked like 18 people, and you were uh, number 19, and you said yes. <laughs> Always come to your dad for help. <laughs> that is correct. I am here for help, Jake Fromm, um, on business, which we'll be able to report tomorrow on social media. So check us out at Punt and Pass on Twitter and Instagram. All good things. Um, at Drew Butler, dad is at the real butthead punt and the number one destination for all things college football. Um, a pretty interesting weekend in college football. Week five is done. Georgia survives a scare. Some pretty great action in the SEC. A lot going on. Multiple coaches have been fired on this Sunday. Dad, Bryce Young went out of the game with an injury. Alabama's quarterback. Kansas is number 19 in the polls. College game day heading to Lawrence. We'll touch on all that. But before we get to that, this episode of Punt and Pass is presented by our awesome partners at Solomon Brothers Jewelers. That's right, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter. SolomonBrothers.com, the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. The best thing about Solomon Brothers, Dad, is that the store is for anyone with any budget. And if you go there and mention Punt and Pass or mention Drew or Jake, or Kevin, for that instance, you get 10% <laughs> off your jewelry purchase, the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guaranteed. Solomon Brothers is the best. Two awesome locations, one in Alpharetta, just past the Avalon. The other's in Buckhead, Tower Place, 17th floor. And stay tuned because Solomon Brothers is launching a giveaway on Punt and Pass in the month of October. So check out our social media, at Punt and Pass, at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter. Keep it locked in. We'll let you know what they have dialed in for our podcast listeners. We really appreciate Solomon Brothers, SolomonBrothers.com. All right, Dad. Um, you were up late last night on the, what do you guys call it, dog talk? You were on air until Post about yeah. 2 a.m. Uh, with Jeff Dantzler. What was the fan base like? Georgia survives a massive scare in Columbia. 
they get out of there with a 26 to 22 victory. We'll touch on that first. Yeah, uh, it's post-game, dog talk post-game, Georgia Bulldog Network, and me and Jeff have been doing it together for 14 years, and last night was a good night no matter what. Anytime you win on those post-game shows, uh, it's just a little bit easier. Um, It was a tough game out there yesterday. Uh, You know, when you go into the SEC, you go into these different uh, stadiums, Drew, you know it, you did it. Um, If you don't believe it'll be tough, then it's going to be tough, and uh, I think it's just part of the growing pains that George is going through with such a turnover and so many young kids. That was the first really uh, hostile environment that a lot of them have ever played in. And, you know, the whole time they're getting ready, they're looking at film going, oh, we can beat these guys. And that's just the worst combination possible. And we kind of saw what the product of that combination was in the first half. But uh, I think they kind of got focused in the second half. I really felt like they took more control of the game. Uh, they still were having trouble getting it in the end zone in the red zone, but yeah, uh, Pod, my gosh, he just had an unbelievable game, and we can talk about their kicker, Mevis, who <laughs> just had another unbelievable Mavis. game. Um, and it was just something that was uh, it was fun to watch because uh, we came out on top. Um, uh, it was a fought, a hard fought battle, uh, very physical. Um, I think they just overran our offensive line in the first half. Um, They outnumbered us and they were quicker. They were more physical. Um, But I think as the game wore on, our conditioning came into it and we just put together, you know, a 16 play drive, a 10 play drive, a seven play drive, a six play drive, um, scoring on all possessions in the second half. And that was the difference in the game. Yeah, it's a huge difference in the game. And you're right. Missouri came out firing on all cylinders. What a great atmosphere. I mean, whenever the number one team in the nation comes into your house and it's a primetime game and it's on SCC Network and everybody in the area has got the entire weekend really from Thursday until Saturday night to to get ready for action, you know you're going to get their best shot. And I was just really surprised because it's been first time probably in well over a year where Georgia's offensive line and, and maybe even defensive line at times got dominated. I mean, they could not win in the trenches for the majority of the game. You know, everybody would say, well, Georgia got whooped by Alabama in the SEC championship game a year ago, but that was due to the fact of Alabama's skilled players on the perimeter just absolutely blowing the game wide open, and Georgia didn't have an answer. Georgia tried to run the ball early. Uh, that obviously was not happening, and they continued to go back to the run game, which made me scratch my head in the first half. But honestly, in watching the game, I was never worried about Georgia losing. You know, there was a lot of times in the first quarter, first half, where there was a big third down and they would convert, and you're sitting there going, wow, if they didn't convert that, this could be troublesome. But you knew that everybody on that roster, on that sideline, was in for a 60-minute battle, and you know that the game lasts 60 minutes, and Missouri played about 45 minutes of really good football Um, and that's going to be good for them to continue to learn moving forward. Yeah. You know, you can go back to the two big Alabama games, uh, you know, that we lost back in 18 and, you know, we, I think we led for 58 minutes. Oh yeah. You can do it, but you got to learn how to close. Yeah. Georgia learned a little bit more about closing a game coming from behind. Um, I, you know, as I went back, I was looking over, I think you have to go back in regular season, uh, for see a team that scored 28 points on Georgia, uh, Missouri was one of those teams that done it twice. Is I mean, that right? It was 50, 53 to 28, and I think it was 49 to 26 uh, a couple of years ago. Um, so they've always been a team that scored on Georgia. 
uh, because they've got great athletes at skilled positions. But, you know, their offensive line um, and defensive line just brought it the other night. Not so much on the offensive side, but um, the defensive side. They were just outnumbering Georgia up in the box. They had eight, nine guys within six yards of the ball. And when it snapped, um, some of our younger linemen, they've never seen guys move that fast, and it showed. So true. I mean, let me just read you some team statistics. We'll touch on some other things. We're going to come back to this game. Georgia, 481 total yards. Missouri only had 294 total yards. Georgia, time of possession, 35 minutes. Missouri, 25 minutes. Georgia, first downs, 28. Missouri, 14. Georgia, turnovers, two. Missouri, zero. When you turn the ball over, you will have a tough time winning football games. Jake and I say it on the podcast every single week. You can go to any statistic. You can go to any analyst. You can talk about football all day, all night. If you lose the turnover battle, Dad, you're going to have a hard time, and you might as well lose the game. Well, we've lost the turnover battle two weeks in a row. We probably look the most vulnerable in those two weeks, and um, that's something that you preach all the time. They got three points off the turnovers yesterday. Um, you know, that's yeah, just, that was huge. That was, huge. it was really Georgia's huge, defense right? stood up big time on those turnovers. Well, if you look at it, it's 101, 102 yards rushing. They had, uh, I believe. And out of two of those runs, they had 91 yards. Malachi starts track down with that, with that one yard, uh, one yard line. I mean, how huge was that at the end of the game? That's massive. That, that's, that's a, a game changing play right there from just pure hustle, uh, not wanting to quit. And Malachi is that guy. I mean, he, he came in and, you know, when we first uh, got a commitment from him, he took on that leadership role with that class. And uh, he is a special player. Anytime you can put somebody out True on the freshman, corner, dude's a baller. you put him yeah. out in the corner yeah. in this league. I mean, he's going to see some things he hadn't seen when we get to the Tennessee's Kentucky's uh, uh, the Auburn's this coming week. Um, people are going to have to start going to him because you look at the other side, you got Keely Ringo. Uh, Keeley's almost getting bored. He got a penalty this past week. I, I think he just hadn't been challenged. Yeah, um, very true. Uh, he's he's one guy that uh, is just a stud out there, and 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 Malachi is certainly the bookend on that. Yeah, he's been a great compliment to Keeley. Um, it's always a huge, huge testament to a DB when you never hear their name called in the game, and that's the kind of guy Keeley is because nobody just even tests him. He locks down guys. He's so physical. Uh, he can disrupt at the line of scrimmage, but then run like a gazelle. It's a pretty talented dude, and obviously he's been a huge part of Georgia's defense so far. All right, we're going to come back to that. Let's touch on some other games that happened. Alabama beats Arkansas 49-26. to They race out to a 28 to nothing lead in Fayetteville. Amazing atmosphere, 330 SEC on CBS. Bryce Young goes down. Nick Saban said he's going to be okay. Sounds like an AC sprain in his right shoulder. Alabama's kind of getting into the thick of their season. Tennessee's ranked number eight right now in the AP poll. That game is coming up in two weeks. So interesting timing to see if they'll be okay. But Arkansas fought back, man. I mean, this game was the third quarter. I, I got to pull up this, the stat line in the third quarter. Dad, I don't know how much you watched of this game. But look, you turn the ball over in the SEC. Or if you you know go to sleep for a second, Arkansas with the onside kick, and they get the ball back and steal possession – Things can change so rapidly. It does not matter how many athletes you have on the field. And credit to Arkansas, credit to Sam Pittman. They were down 28 nothing and never blinked uh, and almost got back in the game. And then Alabama and Jameer Gibbs took over. 
Yeah, you know what? Uh, Sam Pittman's a, a wonderful coach. He's not going to let anybody quit on him, and uh, you don't want to quit on that kind of coach. He's that kind of coach that brings that enthusiasm and that attitude towards it. The attitude just wasn't enough. I mean, Bama's yeah. strong. Bama's getting better. Um, they've improved over the last two weeks uh, to where Georgia has just kind of been status quo over the last two weeks, and we'll see a lot of flipping in the pollsters coming out now. Some have already of popped course. out, but um, you know, I think they'll go back and forth. If, if Alabama goes out and lays an egg somewhere and doesn't play good, um, people will jump that back and forth. There's not really any position that's going to hurt you outside of that top four. So, yeah, um, Bama's strong. Um, you know, Bryce, you know, that's going to be something that probably lingers on. He's not going to get into some games now where there's some uh, easy wins. They're going to be physical, even if they run away with it by the score. Uh, you might want to try to get Bryce out of there um, and protect him a little bit more. But any team right now that gets a shot at him is certainly going to take it. Absolutely. Bama rushed out to a 28-0 lead. Arkansas got it back to 28-23 to in the third quarter. They won the third quarter 16-0. But as we just said, football is a 60-minute game, and Alabama won the fourth quarter 21-3. to they win the game 49 to 26. They cover as a 17 and a half point favorite. And that was my only win inside the five. I'm so bad picking games right now. I was one and four this week. That takes me to six and 20 on the season. Six and 20. No, six and 19 on the season. That's how bad I am against the spread. That's really bad. on fun So uh, I guess people should just bet the other way. Well, that's what Jake did this week. So Jake went four and one. He looks like a genius. He's like, I'm just going to go against you. And that's what he did. And he went four and one. So credit to Jake Fromm. Um, well, he's looking pretty that, good. Yeah, he's looking pretty good. Looking uh, pretty Clemson good. with a big nighttime win in Death Valley, 30 to 20. NC State came in as the number 10 ranked team. College game day was there. Clemson just took care of business. This game was on at the same time as the Georgia game. DJU playing much more consistently, taking care of the football. Clemson found a little bit of run game. Um, yeah, I mean, great game. Devin Leary, the quarterback for NC State, played well also. But this is kind of the Clemson teams of years past that you expect to see week in and week out. And uh, nobody happier and more prideful than Dabo Sweeney post game. That man loves a microphone. Boy, he does. He knows how to talk into that microphone. He knows how to uh, push up that program. And uh, they played great. I, they really did. They played crisp. They looked sharp. Um, uh, the little bit I did watch, um, I was impressed. I felt like they had finally kind of gotten back up to that point where teams were kind of intimidated to play them. Um, but they came down and took business uh, and took control of that business at their own stadium. Um, you always want to perform that way when you have, you know, game day there. Yeah. You, they've, been, they've been going all day. The excitement was at the tip top. Um, you know, when you're out of it for a year like they've been and, and you've been used to being there and winning national championships, that excitement's easy to to make it uh, start bubbling again. And that. That university's bubbling right now. They're playing some good football. No doubt. NC State, two turnovers. I mean, 10-point game in it the entire way. Two turnovers yeah, on can't, the road, you not going to get it done. No, you can't turn that ball over. I mean, we can say it till we're blue in the face, but, I, I mean, George like It's boring, gonna, but it's true. It's boring, but it's, it's true. It's, it's just as you said. No matter who is talking about football, turnovers is at the top of their list if they're a halfway – if they got half a brain about football. I mean, so you just even, can't – I'm not even kidding you when I say this, and I'd love to hear you know your comparisons of Coach Dicka's days, but when we were in the playoff run in 2015 with the Cardinals, 
it'd be the biggest games. I mean, I'm talking NFC Championship game or against the Packers, and it'd be Saturday night in the team hotel. And B.A., Bruce Arians would walk in, and he would say, um, team, win third down, block and tackle, win the turnover ratio, go to bed. I mean, that was his nighttime speech. Like, it's as simple <laughs> as that. And everybody would be like, okay, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. You simplify the game. You tell your five-star players they got to play five-star games, and you go out there and, and see what can happen. I mean, sometimes it, it is that simple. Yeah, it was a little different. Dick could walk in and say, you fucking turn the ball over, you're not playing. Yeah, and they say, yeah, okay. That's, that's pretty yeah. simple right there. And then, you know, Walter Payton was great. He had a football in his locker that had a handle on it, like for a, a piece of luggage. And that's exactly what uh, the whoever fumbled, whoever had the last fumble in the game would have to have that with them until the next game. And if you were found without that ball holding on to it, you were fine and you would put it in that found like for that. the players, not thing. And that's almost, sometimes you got to go back to that. I mean, um, you know, George's game, you get, uh, you, you know, um, we've got a breakaway going down, uh, down the field and our freshman running back, he's got to be aware of it. The only way you're going to finish and lose a football is from behind. And somebody comes from behind yeah. and punches it out of Milton's hands. And, um, you know, those are learning opportunities, but boy, um, you know, coaches, Coach Dooley was the same way. You know, if you turn the ball over, you just weren't going to be in the game. Um, and you were going to sit out and you were going to wait till the next week to try to get your next opportunity. It wasn't like a chance that, uh, well, I'll take it back. Herschel did fumble four times against Clemson. And I don't think he ever pulled Herschel, which is a pretty good move. So that's a great um, point. Herschel, uh, you said Her Herschel or Walter fumbled four times? Herschel, Herschel my freshman times. year, we went to Clemson. It was the 1980 National Championship team, Georgia, and the 81 Clemson. No, I'm sorry. It was 81 Clemson. Georgia was defending national champs. So we went to Clemson, lost 13 to 3. We had in 81. In 81, we had nine turnovers. We had five interceptions and four fumbles from Herschel. Um, six of them. Who was the quarterback? Last singer? Inside, no, Buck was a quarterback. Oh, Buck. oh my God. The, the story goes, oh this is my great. God. The story goes, Tim Chapman was our manager, right? Yeah, of course. And the whoever was in charge of the ball, I think it was Gussie was in charge of the footballs for that game. He was sick or something. He wasn't there. And so the new guy got the balls out and he got them right out of the package. Yeah, just waxed over. Them, yeah. Didn't I mean, do anything. One of the interceptions with you know, Buck went back to it's throw like the picking ball up a it, block of ice. It just went straight up in the air. That was one interception. Um, that was unbelievable. That was our only loss that year, and that's the year that Clemson um won the national championship. Wow. So wow. yes, turnovers are detrimental. Uh, my only turnover story like that is 2012, my rookie year with the Steelers. We went to Cleveland. It was the week after. It was the Sunday after Thanksgiving. We had eight turnovers, but we yeah. lost the ball 10 times. So we recovered two fumbles. I think Richard Mendenhall fumbled like three or four times. He was our starting running back. It was the first it was time. weather? No, God, no. It was just cold, just cold fall day. Um. It was the first time the Steelers had lost in Cleveland. I'm, I want to say in like 10 or 12 years. And we were in a playoff hunt. So Mike T, Coach Tomlin, benched Richard, like didn't dress him the next game. You're not getting, you're not dressing. You can't take care of the football. You're not dressing. This is our starting running back. 
Rashard Mendenhall didn't show up to the game. So you're inactive. He just didn't show up, wasn't on the sideline. Yeah. Man, I've never seen a head coach more mad that Monday after the game. I think we won. Um, we had a team meeting, and Coach Tom was like, um, I'm looking into every possible discipline that I can take within the rules of the NFLPA because and Richard was in the team meeting because this guy did not show up to a football game. He did not show up for his teammates. I mean, I'm a rookie going, what the hell is going on? I thought that was uh, pretty interesting. But, yeah, if you turn the ball over, your ass is on the line. Same yeah, I think that. that's uh... – I guess that's just the mentality of football players because uh, my good old buddy Jim McMahon did that to Dick when Dick had told him uh, he was nursing an injury and said, if you didn't practice during the week, you weren't playing. So it comes Friday and he looks at Jim, he goes, you're not playing. You, you didn't practice enough. Jim's like, I'm trying to get them healed. I can still play. He goes, no, you're not playing. So we're going to play the Dallas Cowboys. It's my rookie year. Um, Jim, Jim was a no-show. Just didn't Jim, go to the visiting no, game? He, he he went he went on the trip oh, okay. he went uh and then we went out to dinner that night and then he said he had some things to go do i went back for bed check the next morning uh no gym we get ready for a team meeting no gym uh we go on the bus no gym we get to the stadium no gym he's like i'm not playing we're, we're hey and the second half goes and we're probably up 36 to nothing on the cowboys and Is it 85 this is 85. And then all of a sudden the crowd starts clapping at the other end. It's kind of like scattered clapping. And I look down there and here comes number nine walking in in his cowboy boots, jeans. He's got his glasses on, walks right up to me on the sideline, goes, hey, kid, how you doing? I go, where the hell have you been? They have all been asking me where you're at. He goes, oh, I've just been at the pool. He was with some friends at a pool all night, so. It was awesome. But, yeah, you know, when you tell them they're not going to play, it hurts hey, their feelings. And if yeah. they're gamers, uh, you know, we know the right thing to do, but sometimes the wrong thing is the right thing. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs with Blue certified. Nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. If I'm not playing, then, well, you know, why show up? Why waste everybody's time? Wow. Yeah. There yeah, it's go. like Spicoli. It's exactly my, right. My time is your time. That's exactly <laughs> right. Oh, all right. Let's keep rocking and rolling. Ole Miss 22, Kentucky 19. This is a very interesting game. Uh, again, turnovers back and forth late in the game. Will Levis, who's just getting... All sorts of love. I really don't understand it. Kentucky's never won a meaningful football game. Their Super Bowl every year is week two against Florida. They can't get it done in Oxford. 
Lane Kiffin post game master troll, giving his defensive coordinator all the credit in the world. I don't know if you saw this, Dad, but you know, pregame all week they were saying Will Levis, number one quarterback, number one draft pick, and Lane Kiffin after the game goes, you know, I just got to give a lot of credit to my defense. I mean, our defensive coordinator held the number one draft pick to 19 points. That's pretty special. So <laughs> he just doesn't miss a beat. But Ole Miss looks good, man. Yeah, they do. Well, they're tough. You know, we went down there when I was coaching with Kirby and them, and they absolutely ran us out of the house. Um, when they start getting going, that stadium's a tough place to play. Obviously, the Grove gets everybody primed up, so they're in good shape in the stands. And, um, you know, I think Kiffin is just a, a great coach and a great personality for that team. And yeah, um, they seem to respond to it. And he's going to cause a lot of teams problems. And um, you know, he's kind of like uh, the, the other fellow right over there in Mississippi State. These yeah. two guys are are changing the look of that Mississippi State right now. And uh, uh, both of those football teams are, are are just tough opponents to play, especially when you have to go to their stadium. No question. Uh, Mississippi State with a huge win over Texas A&M at home. Texas A&M, did you see what Jimbo Fisher's buyout is, if that were to happen? Guess. $70 million? I'm guessing 70 80 Six million dollars if he were to get bought out. And Paul Feinbaum is reporting that supposedly AM boosters are rallying the troops to to be ready to roll if that were to be needed. But 86 million dollars if Jimbo Fisher were to be bought out. Texas AM is three and two now with an SEC loss. Mississippi State beats them 42 to 24. Mike Leach has an amazing post-game press conference on the yes. field with Alyssa Lang about uh marriage. It's a great question by Alyssa Lang on SEC Network. Go find it on social media. Um, LSU beats Auburn in a wild game, 21-17. to 17. Auburn's obviously playing Georgia this weekend. Brian Harson on the hottest of hot seats. Speaking of hot, hot deals at Solomon Brothers Jewelers, Dad. You got to head over to Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Two awesome locations, one in Alpharetta just past the Avalon, one in Buckhead. 17th floor tower place. If you haven't been to Solomon Brothers, you got to go. And here's the best thing. Say it's a Sunday. Say it's a Sunday afternoon. You want to do something special for your other half. Take her there. They have a full bar inside the showroom. And they have TVs. Bar? So the guys can sit down and drink and watch football while the ladies are shopping. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. That is that is brilliant. That that is a co- a winning combi- combination for Solomon Brothers. I absolutely. That. And then if you go there and mention Punt and Pass or Drew or Jake or Butthead, you, you get ten percent off. Little change off. That's it's amazing. Good. It's absolutely the best at Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter. SolomonBrothers.com. The biggest selection, the best quality, the lowest prices, and an in-store experience that is totally unmatched. Um, Wisconsin fired Paul Christ. I don't know if you saw that Wisconsin. So that job's open. Jim Leonard, uh, the all well, modern defensive coordinator. He's stepping in. I, I would imagine he's probably in line to be the next head coach. Colorado fired their head coach, Carl Durrell and their defensive coordinator, Chris Wilson. So that's another job that's open a power five job. Bama's ranked number one. Georgia's number two. KU's number 19 college game day heading to Kansas this weekend, which will be awesome. So College game day is going to be in Lawrence, Kansas. Let's put a bow yeah, on this I'm Georgia not, game, though. Uh, Go ahead. What are you going to say? I any, just any... Uh, I don't know where this coaching corral will will go. I, you know, there's so much money out there, and these contracts are, um, where they're just stupid. Um, you know, eighty something million dollar buyout. And I was you know, in a group text today really about. Not, they're, they're I was in a group text today about that eighty six million dollar buyout. 
Um, and I cannot say on air what we were saying that we would do for $86 million, but it was getting pretty um, inappropriate, as I could say. But I'm $86 sure. million dollars sure. to go away, Jimmy Sexton, um, you know, as the puppet master of the SEC head coaches, to be able to play off one another, to be able to leak news and say, this guy's going to go here, this guy's going to go there. And that's like a monopoly. And it's amazing. I mean, credit to him. But like, as you said, $86 million buyout. Are, are you kidding me? I mean, that's insanity. It is insanity. But there, there are plenty of people down in Texas. There's plenty of uh, alumni. And you could probably point to one, two, or three who could stroke that check and uh, not even worry about the uh, the newspaper getting to their lawn the next morning. Um, but I just think it's bad money going after bad money. Um, when a coach doesn't perform – and it's pretty easy to see the the product that these coaches develop now. Um, when when they are not up to par, uh, there's got to be some accountability. And right now, the only accountability is just back at the school to pay them to get rid of them. I, I couldn't agree more. I want to liken it to Premier League soccer for just one second. Um, Manchester United, Sir Alex Ferguson, longtime manager there for how long? 20-plus years they won. Yep championship after championship he steps down manchester united has all the money in the world they can go pay whatever player they want they can go pay whatever manager they want who's the head coach and they have not reached that same level of success because the success starts from the top down it's pretty clear jimbo fisher is not the answer at texas a&m it does not matter how much money there is whether it is coaching contracts whether it is facilities whether it is nil money it starts from the top. That's why I think the parity in college football is a little bit out of whack. You see the programs that have leadership like a Nick Saban, like a Kirby Smart, like a Dabo Sweeney, like a Ryan Day. What they do, the process, the results that they create is a product of the leadership that they have. And that, of course, is not there at um, Texas A&M right now. So it'll be interesting. No, to see what it's not. It's not. You know what? And I think a lot of these players, you know, whether they're getting the, the big money or getting things, they might just have a little less of an attitude that, um, you know, I think equals them caring a little bit more. And, you know, when things are going bad, they can kind of just shrug it off. Well, I still got my things going on. Yeah, that is um, true. And, and I think, you know, that's the way it is in the pros. You know that. Yeah, of course. You're getting paid while you're playing. And when you're not playing, you're not going to be paid. And I think somewhere in this NIL space, and you certainly know better than anybody, there's going to be that, that that bell curve, and it's going to start coming down a little bit because you've got to make a much wiser decision instead of just throwing money at the 11th and 12th graders, expecting them to be the next big thing. Um, sophomores, juniors, seniors, uh, even some freshmen, those are the people that you can count on. You understand their maturity. Yeah. You understand what they can handle, what they can't handle, and because it's going to be a direct reflection on that head coach. Yeah, no, no doubt. Totally agree with that. Um, all right, let's wrap this thing up. <laughs> Excuse me, a couple more final thoughts on the Georgia game. You know, I was really surprised at Georgia's first 15 plays. I feel like they were forcing the run game a little bit. Um, I was shocked at how they went into the game. I don't know if it was a thought process of, we're going to prove that we can run the ball or we're going to show that we don't need to pass. But to me, it was like, why fix something that's not broken? 
all week long and for the for the last four weeks, all I've been hearing is Georgia needs to run the ball more. I'm concerned about Georgia's run game. Georgia hasn't proved they can run the ball. Well, they don't really need to, right? I mean, their swing passes and short to intermediate and working guys like Ladd and Brock and the running backs out of the backfield is an extension of the run game. That opens up the pass game, and it opens up the ground game as well. Missouri's defensive line was whooping Georgia's O-line's ass, and that hasn't happened in such a long time, and, and they just looked lost at the beginning of the game. I was confused at that thought process heading in, and then when Georgia finally was trying to stretch the field and they were converting those third and eights, third and twelves, uh, you start to see the offense get some life. I was like, why don't you just trust that to soften up the defense a little bit? Yeah, I just think that uh, they do go in with game plans and they stick with it that first half. They don't do a they don't do a lot of adjustment uh, running in that first half, uh, but certainly when they get in there at halftime, and I can speak from experience, um, those coaches get in that room. Uh, there are direct orders from Kirby to the yeah. offense to the defense to the special team. This is what we're doing now. This is the changes we're making. I had never been in there, even when we're winning. Um, that there were not changes made in that room. And I really believe that's where it all comes down to. If coaches can go in and make those adjustments, maybe swallow a little pride, maybe say, okay, it's not working. We got to go with something else. I think when there's good communication with all those coaches, when the OCs, DCs can speak to the head coach, position coaches, who's playing good, who's playing bad. It happens in about two minutes. Yeah, it's very um, that's, quick. That's that communication process. And then they break and go. And I think Georgia did a good job of saying, okay, we're doing this right. We're doing this wrong. Let's work on this. And certainly when they opened it up and threw it down, um, that opened up everything. Um, but, you know, I, I, they tried to play them man-to-man, bring two tight ends. And just like you said, Missouri – with their eight guys on our eight guys, we're it's just no with contest. Us. Yeah. Uh, how much money would it take for you to stand still and have Darnell Washington with a 20 yard head start jump up and knee you in the face? Six, seven, 270 pounds. The Did man I, uh, literally Mortal Kombat kicked some dude in the head and knocked him out of the game. That was, <laughs> that was amazing. Right, I can have my helmet on, right? Yeah, you can have your helmet on. I'll do it pads. for I'll do it. I'll do it for this. It's better than Jimbo. I'll do it for 85 million. <laughs> there you go. And then how about when Darnell caught like just just caught the ball and then turned around and the safety tried to tackle him and it. literally yeah. literally got Bounced. thrown four yards by and Darnell kind of just can't... like looked and he was like, What just happened? The kid flew four yards away from him just by making contact with the guy. Yeah, he he was my offensive player that I, that I do for uh, Bulldog Illustrated. I made him my offensive player this week. He had three catches for sixty-three yards. He's averaging eighteen yards a catch right now for the season. And what's so funny is, I bet, and we were looking at they about twelve of the average eighteen, twelve or yards after the catch. Oh yeah, he's dragging people. People are going for bus rides on him. The big tower of power just takes people downfield. And he's really become a darn good blocker. And that's really where he's going to make the difference. He takes a lot of pride in that, too. Well, he has to because last year he didn't, and you didn't see him much on the field. We always go, where's Darnell? Where's that? Well, until you learn how to block and you know it, I don't care what position you are, you've got to block. Kirby demands it, whether you're a receiver, 
you've got to block. You got to do both. And uh, Darnell does both really, really well now. Yeah, on the uh, well, one more offensive player I want to talk about. Um, it, well, let me ask this question to you first. If you had, if you're gonna, if you, say, let's let's say you have 75 plays of offense in a game, and you're gonna run the ball 45 plays. Um, so let's split those carries up between three running backs. Who's getting the most carries? Kendall, Kenny, Dejon Edwards. Dejon Edwards. Um, really, you're Dejon putting him Edwards. one. I'm putting him at one and two right behind him. Maybe a carrier or two behind him would be Kenny. Yeah. Um, and then and then Kendall um, would be the third one. The reason I say that is I think as we get into the SEC, we need that running back that can go between the tackles and get the extra yards by pushing forward. Nobody's stronger to do that than than Dejan. He's he gets down low. He's very hard I to like tackle. I like that idea. Yeah. Um, and he, he gets see, you to too. three to four yards. Tough to see. Tough to grab hold. Um, Kenny uh, it, it hits I'd that put hold Kenny fast, one. I would put slasher. Kenny ahead of Dejan. Dejan two. Kendall three. But yes. Well, it really just really depends on, you know, I'd like to, I'd put Kendall, uh, Kenny first if I was going to be getting outside a little bit more. Um, that's my swing back. That's my back that's going off the tackle. Um, and then, you know, Milton, I just want him to learn how to run better. He, he just reminds me of a great running back that we took in the first round when I was with the bears, uh, Brad muster out of Stanford, um, uh, just a great running back, but he ran straight up and, you know, maybe six years into his career, his lower back had been bent back so many times he was having horrible back trouble. And, and, and that's what, you know, Milton can get down, learn how to get behind his shoulders and use his body a little bit more than being standing straight up. When he's standing straight up, he's just an easier target. Um, he's easier to trip. Um, you know, when you're lower to the ground and you're in control of your body, you have much better balance too. So those two things um, really make the difference in number two and number three. I think there's a big difference between two and three. On this team, yeah, I would agree um, with that. Much prior to other years, you know, we we've been four and five guys <laughs> deep before um, through injury. Uh, we're a little little lighter this year at running back. Yeah, Kenny, uh, excuse me, Kendall's best run this year, his touchdown run in Week One against Oregon. Uh, there was traffic in the backfield. He was forced to get low to the ground. He made two guys miss, ran outside, scored a touchdown. He was forced to yeah. get low. Like that was it. You saw the explosiveness. You saw the elusiveness. He had to be low. He got below kind of the waistline. That was his best run of the year. Um, when two's in the game, I, I'm just – I don't think defenses are afraid. I think when six is in the game, Kenny McIntosh, they have to worry about him out of the backfield. And I think when 30's in the game, they're like, hey, if we don't get a hold of this dude, he can take it for 80 yards. So I would yeah, agree with yeah. you. And, yeah, you put you put uh, 30 and number two in the backfield. Now you're keeping a defensive line a little bit more – honest because they know you can hit between the tackles and then also you got a great blocker in Dejan and that's one thing you, you really have to know when we do those quick pitches or we do a, a slide handoff to the right or left and we get a lead back that's the old days of a nice fullback and um, even though he's not huge and big and intimidating uh, Dejan will knock you to the to, to the next week if he gets a shot on you so um, they'll find that combination they're working better with it but we need all three of these guys to no doubt. always contribute and um th that's going to be a, a big factor for georgia no going down the road 
Uh, I'd love to see Nolan Smith a little bit more active as well on defense. I mean, he had a couple big plays, but I'd like to see him be a little bit more consistent. Hopefully Jalen Carter's okay. Uh, but the defense really stood up big in the second half. Um, let's wrap things up. Special teams wise, Missouri's kicker. I mean, this guy, he was stroking it last night, 52 yarder, 56 wow. yarder, nothing but net, a bigger fella as well. A lot of respect for that. And what did you say? Somebody called in to the Bulldog brunch this morning and said, you need to be coaching yeah. because why? They said if if you were coaching Mevis, um, your hashtag would be Mevis and Butthead. So nice. um, that, that's that. pretty good. Guys yeah, but stuck. you know, I said it in pregame. I said, uh, you know, after that miss last week, um, you know, I know what that's like. You know what that's like. You're you're waiting on that first kick all week long. For sure. It's just the worst thing. And after his first kick, man, he gave himself a little pump fist, and I was watching him, and I said. Okay, well, he's he's in a groove right now. He's focused, and um, what a great performance. And then Pod, Jack. Yeah, great. He's right kicking up. great. I mean, um, he's kicking great. Uh, anytime you get four for four, and then you also got to remember, we faked one also. We, yeah, we faked was, one yeah. to try another one. But, uh, um, you know, conversion was key. Uh, making every kick was key in that game. That's how they were hanging with Georgia. And Georgia knew if we got in the in the end zone, it was going to be a different ball game, and and Georgia was able to do that, and that that um, that was all put together by having a good special team um, and, and those players doing their job. And Jack, uh, he did a great job. Both kickers did a great job this week. I mean, no doubt, a win is a win is a win is a win. Isn't that was that. So that is the uh, people are much nicer at two 30 in the morning after a win than they are after a loss. I can tell you that, <laughs> that, uh, that Brown liquor makes them a little bit honorary. Yeah. I didn't have any Brown liquor last night. I had a couple glasses of wine, <clears throat> watched a little SNL. I heard you and JD for about 30 minutes, fell asleep on the couch, then went upstairs. But, um, yeah, look, man, um, that's just what it takes. That's exactly what it takes. Bruce Arians used to say that Bear Bryant told him, what was the line? Like, hug them when you lose, but hug them harder when you win. Like, get after their ass when you win, because that's when you have those teachable moments. And Kirby's had two really good weeks to kind of do that. So Auburn coming to town this weekend, 3.30 kick, good for you and Jeff. A um, little bit more easy on the schedule there. But, uh, man, been great having you on the podcast. I could talk to you all day long it's not like i didn't see you a couple hours ago oh, well it was a good day um uh, what do i a, owe you for this fun day. what happened on the golf um, course on thursday you played awful God. well i played awful that's the worst <laughs> i've played and i don't know how long so um i'd like to thank you for it you intimidate me i guess you you hit the ball so far just uh long and straight yeah, it was boring ugly. sometimes it was ugly it was ugly but um I'll play it again this Friday. We have the Bulldog open That's up right. there before the, so we'll be out there on Friday at the uh, UGA course, having a great time for Chris Hack and the Georgia golf team, raising some money for them. And then uh, there'll be a lot of parties around there. This is really the yeah. first big game I know in God. Athens in quite a while. We've, um, you know, thank goodness for our fans that uh, still support us because the, you know, the schedule just hasn't been um one that you you get excited about in preseason because there's some kent states there's you know other schools that we play but we got auburn coming in we got tennessee coming um it's about to get good in the sec yeah what was george's biggest game uh late in this season last year i'm, I'm looking at the schedule right now um charleston bum, southern bum, bum. hold on yeah missouri 
literally the last home games at Georgia have been Missouri, Charleston Southern, Samford, Kent and State. Kent State. Yeah. yeah. So welcome, Auburn. About time. All right. Well, uh, that'll do it for us on this episode of Punt and Pass. It's been a lot of fun. Follow uh, Kevin Butler at The Real Butthead on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Punt and Pass. I'm at Drew Butler. Jake is at From Jake. Be sure to follow Solomon Brothers at Solomon Brothers, SolomonBrothers.com on Twitter and Instagram. Solomon Brothers Jewelers is simply the best, the lowest prices on the highest quality jewelry and diamonds guarantee. They also offer interest-free financing options. They have custom jewelry design, lifetime diamond upgrades. I've already told you about their beautiful stores with the amazing service. It's the store for anyone with any budget. Just mention Punt and Pass or Drew or Jake or Butthead. Get 10% off your jewelry purchase at (laughs) Solomon Brothers on Instagram and Twitter, SolomonBrothers.com. They have a giveaway on the podcast coming up in the month of October. So check us out at Punt and Pass. It's the largest diamond and jewelry inventory in the Southeast. Solomon Brothers Jewelers. Dad, thank you so much, man. You're welcome, buddy. Love you. Talk to you. the game? Uh, They were losing three to one. Okay. Well, they were losing three to one in the uh, third, I think it was. So we got to go in there and Put the rally caps on. All right, brother. At the Real Butthead, at Drew Butler, at Punt and Pass. We will talk to you on Thursday. See you. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. When you buy a used car, don't be taken for a ride. Get Ford Blue Advantage certified at Wade Ford, Atlanta's headquarters for factory certified pre-owned vehicles. Go to wadeford.com. There you'll find a great selection of Ford Blue Advantage certified used cars, trucks, and SUVs with Blue certified. Nearly all makes and all models are in stock now. You'll find something perfect for just about any budget. Buy with confidence at the Wade Ford factory certified used car outlet at wadeford.com. Wade Ford, we are Atlanta's Ford dealer. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com.